Chapter 65 of The Pharaoh and the Priest. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines. The Pharaoh and the Priest by Boleslaw Cruz. Translated by Jeremiah Curtin. Chapter 65, Part 1. On the 20th of Paofi, Memphis looked as it might during a great solemn festival. All occupations had ceased. Even carriers were not bearing burdens. The whole population had come out on the streets, or had collected around the temples, mainly around the temple of Ta, which was the best defended, and where the spiritual dignitaries had come together, also those lay officials who were under the direction of Herhor and Mefres. Near the temples troops were posted in loose rank, so that the warriors might come to an understanding with the populace. Among the common people and the armies circulated many hucksters, with baskets of bread and with pitchers and skin bags in which there was wine. They entertained free of charge. When anyone asked them why they took no pay, some answered that His Holiness was entertaining his subjects, while others said, Eat and drink, right-believing Egyptians, for it is unknown whether we shall see tomorrow. These were hucksters in the service of the priesthood. A multitude of agents were circling about. Some proved to listeners that the priests were rebelling against their lord, and even wanted to poison him, because he had promised the seventh day for rest. Others whispered that the pharaoh had gone mad, and had conspired with foreigners to destroy the temples and Egypt. The first encouraged the people to attack the temples where the priests and nomarchs were arranging to oppress laborers and artisans. The others expressed fear that if the people attacked the temples, some great misfortune might fall on them. Under the walls of Ta were a number of strong beams, and piles of stones brought. It was unknown from what quarter. The serious merchants of Memphis, passing among the crowds, had no doubt that the popular disturbance was called forth artificially. Inferior scribes, policemen, overseers of laborers, and disguised decurions, denied neither their official positions nor this that they were urging the people to occupy the temples on the other side dissectors beggars temple servants and inferior priests though they wished to conceal their identity were unable to do so and each one who was endowed with perception saw that they were urging the people to violence the thinking citizens of memphis were astonished at this action of partisans of the priesthood and the people began to fall away from their zeal of yesterday. Genuine Egyptians could not understand what the question was, or who was really calling forth disturbance. The chaos was increased by half-frenzied zealots, who, running about the streets naked, wounded themselves till the blood flowed, and cried, Woe to Egypt! Impiety has passed its measure, and the hour of judgment is coming! O oh, gods, show your power over the insolence of injustice. The troops bore themselves calmly, waiting till the people should break into the temples, for an order to that effect had come from the palace, and on the other the officers foresaw ambushes in the temples, and preferred that men of the crowd should perish rather than warriors, who would be sufficiently occupied in every case. But in spite of the shouts of agitators, and wine given for nothing, the crowd hesitated. Laborers looked at the artisans. The artisans and all were waiting for something. 
suddenly about one in the afternoon from side streets a drunken band poured forth toward the temple of ta it was armed with poles and axes and was made up of fishermen greek sailors shepherds and libyan vagrants even convicts from the quarries in Torah. at the head of this band went a laborer of gigantic stature with a torch in his hand he stood before the gate of the temple and cried with an immense voice to the people do ye know right believers what the high priests and the nomarchs are preparing here they wish to force his holiness rameses thirteenth to deprive laborers of a barley cake a day and to impose new taxes on the people a drachma each man i say then that ye are committing a low and stupid deed by standing here with your arms crossed we must catch these temple rats at last and give them into the hands of our lord the pharaoh against whom these godless wretches are conspiring if our lord yields to priests who will take the part of honest people he speaks truth called out voices from the multitude our lord will command to give us the seventh day for rest and will give us land he had compassion always for the common people remember how he freed those who two years ago were under judgment for attacking the house of the jewess i myself saw him beat a scribe when the man was dragging an unjust tax from laborers may he live through eternity our lord rameses thirteenth the guardian of oppressed laborers but look called out some from afar the cattle are coming from pasture as if evening were near what cattle go on against the priests hi ye cried the giant at the temple gate open to us of your own will so that we may know what the high priests and the nomarchs are counselling open or we will break the gate a wonderful thing said people from afar the birds are going to sleep but it is only midday something evil has happened in the air oh gods night is coming and i haven't pulled salad for dinner said some girl but these remarks were drowned by the uproar of the drunken band and the noise of beams striking the bronze gate of the temple if the crowd had been less occupied with the violent deeds of the attackers they would have seen that something unusual was happening in nature the sun was shining there was not one cloud in the sky and still the brightness of the day had begun to decrease and there was a breath of coolness give us another beam cried the attackers of the temple the gate is giving way powerfully once more the crowd looking on roared like a tempest here and there men began to separate from the throng and join the attackers at last a whole mass of people pushed slowly toward the temple though but just past midday gloom increased in the gardens of the temple the cocks began to crow but the rage of the throng was so great now that few noticed the change look ye cried some beggar behold the day of judgment is coming o oh, gods he wished to speak on but struck on the head by a club he fell prostrate on the walls of the temple naked but armed figures began to climb up officers called the warriors to arms certain that soon they would have to support the attack of the multitude what does this mean whispered warriors looking at the sky there is not a cloud still the world looks as it does in the time of a tempest strike break shouted men near the temple the sounds of beams was more and more frequent at that moment on the terrace above the gate appeared her whore 
he was surrounded by a retinue of priests and civil dignitaries the most worthy high priest was in a golden robe and wore the cap of amenhotep with its regal serpent herhor looked at the enormous masses of people who surrounded the temple and bending toward the band of stormers he said to them whoever ye are right believers or unbelievers leave this temple in peace in the name of the gods i summon you the uproar of the people ceased suddenly and only the pounding of the beams against the bronze gate was audible but soon even that ceased open the gate cried the giant from below we wish to see if ye are forging treason against the pharaoh my son replied herhor fall on thy face and implore the gods to forgive thee thy sacrilege ask thou the gods to shield thee cried the leader of the band and taking a stone he threw it toward the high priest at the same time from a window of the pylon shot out a small stream which seemed to be water and which struck the giant's face the bandit tottered threw up his hands and fell those nearest him gave out a cry of fear whereupon the farther ranks not seeing what had happened answered with laughter and curses break down the gate was heard from the end of the crowd and a volley of stones flew in the direction of herhor and his retinue herhor raised both hands and when the crowd had grown silent again the high priest shouted o oh, gods into your protection i give these sacred retreats against which blasphemers and traitors are advancing a moment later somewhere above the temple an unearthly voice was heard i turn my face from the accursed people and may darkness fall on the earth then a dreadful thing happened as the voice rose the sun decreased and with the last word there was darkness as at night stars began to shine in the heavens instead of the sun was a black disk surrounded with a thin hoop of flame an immense cry was rent from a hundred thousand breasts those who were storming the gate threw down their beams common people fell to the earth oh the day of punishment and death has come cried a shrill voice at the end of the street oh gods of mercy oh holy men ward off this terror cried the crowd woe to armies which carry out the orders of godless commanders cried a great voice from the temple in answer all the people fell on their faces and confusion rose in the two regiments standing before the temple the ranks broke warriors threw down their weapons and ran toward the river insensate some rushing like blind men knocked against the walls of houses in the darkness others fell to the ground and were trampled to death by their comrades in the course of a few minutes instead of close columns of warriors on the square spears and axes lay scattered about and at the entrance of the streets were piles of dead and wounded o oh, gods o oh, gods groaned and cried the people take pity on the innocent osiris cried herhor from the terrace have compassion and show thy face to the unfortunate people at last i hear the prayers of my priests for i am compassionate answered the supernatural voice from the temple at that moment the darkness began to disappear and the sun to regain its brightness a new shout new weeping and new prayers were heard in the throng the people drunk with delight greeted the sun which had risen from the dead men unknown to one another embraced some persons died and all crawled on their knees to kiss the sacred walls of the temple above the gates stood the most worthy herhor his eyes fixed on the sky and two priests supporting his holy hands with which he had dissipated darkness 
and saved his people from destruction. Scenes of the same kind, with certain changes, took place throughout all Lower Egypt. In each city, on the 20th of Paofi, people had collected from early morning. In each city, about midday, some band was storming a sacred gate. About one, the high priest of the temple, with a retinue, cursed the faithful attackers and produced darkness. But when the throng fled in panic or fell on the ground, the high priest prayed to Osiris to show his face, and then the light of day returned to the earth again. In this way, thanks to the eclipse of the sun, the party of the priests, full of wisdom, had shaken the importance of Ramesses Thirteenth in Lower Egypt. In the course of a few minutes, the government of the pharaoh had come, even without knowing it, to the brink of a precipice. Only great wisdom could save it, and an accurate knowledge of the situation. But that was lacking in the pharaoh's palace, where the all-powerful reign of chance had set in at that critical moment. On the 20th of Paofi, His Holiness rose exactly at sunrise, and to be nearer the scene of action, he transferred himself from the main palace to a villa which was hardly an hour's distance from Memphis. On one side of this villa were the barracks of the Asiatic troops, on the other the villa of Tutmosis and his wife, the beautiful Hebron. With their lord came the dignitaries faithful to Ramesses, and the first regiment of the guard, in which the pharaoh felt unbounded reliance. Ramesses was in perfect humor. He bathed, ate with appetite, and began to hear the reports of couriers who flew in from Memphis every fifteen minutes. Their reports were monotonous to weariness. The high priests and some of the nomarchs, under the leadership of Herhor and Mephres, had shut themselves up in the temple of Ta. The army was full of hope, and the people excited. All were blessing the pharaoh and waiting the order to move on the temple. When the fourth carrier came about nine, and repeated the same words, the pharaoh was frowning. "'What are they waiting for?' asked he. "'Let them attack immediately.' The courier answered that the chief band which was to attack and batter down the bronze gate had not yet arrived. This explanation displeased the pharaoh. He shook his head and sent an officer to Memphis to hasten the attack. "'What does this delay mean?' asked he. "'I thought that my army would waken me with news of the capture of the temple. In such cases prompt action is the condition of success.' The officer rode away, but nothing had changed at the temple of Ta. The people were waiting for something, but the chief band was not in its place yet. Some other will seemed to delay the execution of the order. About ten, the litter of Queen Nicotris came to the villa, occupied by the pharaoh. The revered lady broke into her son's chamber, almost with violence, and fell at his feet, weeping. "'What dost thou wish of me, mother?' asked Rameses, hardly hiding his impatience. "'Hast thou forgotten that the camp is no place for women?' "'I will not leave thee to-day. I will not leave thee for an instant,' exclaimed the queen. "'Thou art the son of Isis, it is true, and she surrounds thee with care, but I should die from fright.' "'What threatens me?' inquired the pharaoh, shrugging his shoulders. "'The priest who investigates the stars,' said she tearfully, "'declared to a serving woman that thou wilt live and reign a hundred years if this day favors thee.' ah where is that man who is skilled in my fate he fled to memphis replied the lady rameses thought a while then he said smiling as the libyans at the soda lakes hurled missiles at us the priests hurl threats to-day be calm mother talk is less dangerous than stones and arrows from memphis a new courier rushed in with a report that all was well but still the main band was not ready 
on the comely face of the pharaoh appeared signs of anger wishing to calm the sovereign tutmosis said to him the people are not an army they know not how to assemble at a given hour while marching they stretch out like a swamp and obey no commands if the occupation of the temples were committed to regiments they would be in possession at present what art thou saying tutmosis cried the queen where has any one heard of egyptian troops thou hast forgotten interrupted rameses that according to my commands the troops were not to attack but defend the temples from attacks of the people action is delayed through this also answered tutmosis impatiently o oh, counsellors of the pharaoh burst out the queen your lord axed wisely appearing as a defender of the gods and ye instead of making him milder urge him to violence the blood rushed to tutmosis's head fortunately an adjutant called him from the chamber with information that at the gate was an old man who wished to speak with his holiness to-day each man is struggling to get at the pharaoh as he might at the keeper of a dram-shop muttered the adjutant tutmosis thought that in the time of rameses the twelfth no one would have dared to speak of the ruler in that way but he feigned not to hear the old man whom the watch had detained was prince hiram he wore a soldier's mantle covered with dust he was irritated and wearied tutmosis commanded to admit him and when both were in the garden he said to him i judge that thou wilt bathe worthiness and change thy dress before i obtain an audience with his holiness hiram raised his iron-gray brows and his bloodshot eyes became bloodier from what i have seen said he firmly i may not even ask for an audience hast thou the letters of the high priest to assyria what good are those letters since ye have agreed with the priests what dost thou say worthiness inquired tutmosis starting i know what i say replied hiram ye have obtained tens of thousands of talents from the phoenicians as it were for the liberation of egypt from the power of the priesthood and to-day in return for that ye are robbing and slaying us see what is happening from the sea to the first cataract your common people are hunting the phoenicians like dogs for such is the command of the priesthood thou art mad phoenician our people are taking the temple of ta in memphis hiram waved his hand they will not take it ye are deceiving us or ye are deceiving yourselves ye were to seize first of all the labyrinth and its treasure and that only on the twenty-third meanwhile ye are wasting power on the temple of ta and the labyrinth is lost what is happening here where is mine to be found in this place continued the indignant phoenician why storm an empty building ye are attacking it so that the priests may take more care of the labyrinth we will seize the labyrinth too said tutmosis ye will seize nothing nothing only one man could take the labyrinth and he will be stopped by to-day's action in memphis tutmosis halted on the path about what art thou troubled asked he abruptly about the disorder which reigns here about this that ye are no longer a government but a group of officers and officials whom the priests send whithersoever they wish and whensoever it pleases them for three days there is such terrible confusion in lower egypt that the people are killing us your only friends the phoenicians and why is this because government has dropped from your hands and the priests have seized it thou speakest thus for thou knowest not the position replied tutmosis it is true that the priests thwart us and organize attacks on phoenicians but power is in the hands of the pharaoh 
events move in general according to his orders and the attack on the temple of ptah inquired hiram was ordered by the pharaoh i was present at the confidential council during which the pharaoh gave command to take possession of the temples to-day instead of the twenty-third well i declare to thee commander of the guard that ye are lost for i know to a certainty that the attack of to-day was decided on at a council of high priests and nomarchs in the temple of ptah which was held on paofi thirteen why should they arrange an attack on themselves asked tutmosis in a jeering voice they must have had some reason for it and i have convinced myself that they manage their affairs better than ye manage yours further conversation was interrupted by an adjutant summoning tutmosis to his holiness but but added hiram your soldiers have stopped on the path the priest pentuer who has something important to convey to the pharaoh tutmosis seized his own head and sent officers immediately to find pentuer then he ran to the pharaoh and after a while returned and commanded the Phoenician to follow him. End of chapter 65, part 1. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah.